Hi, everybody. My name is Rafa Lombardino, and this is Translation Confessional. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Teaching Translation Amid the Pandemic Last week, we brought two interviews with translation teachers who talked about how their online teaching experience has been like in the times of COVID-19. Let's hear from two more colleagues and see how their experiences are similar or different. They'll introduce themselves, tell how long they've been teaching, what classes and where they teach, and whether they taught in person or online before COVID-19. I also asked them if anything changed for them since social isolation went into effect, and how their students have adapted to the new normal we're living in. Additionally, I was interested in knowing what resources their universities have offered in terms of platform and tools, and whether their classes are live or pre-recorded. Lastly, I asked them what the main challenges have been for them or their students given the circumstances, and if there are any suggestions or recommendations they would like to share with translation teachers and students worldwide. And if you're a translation instructor as well and would like to share your unique experience teaching amid the pandemic, feel free to leave a voice message on the show's official page. All you need to do is visit anchor.fm slash translation dash confessional. There, you'll find an icon for voice messages so you can record your statements. If I receive a few of your messages, I can revisit the subject and feature you on a special episode, so our listeners can hear your story too. My name is Myrna Suarez, and I have been teaching at the University of Maryland for two and a half years. I teach the language-specific portion of translation courses in the Graduate Studies in Interpreting and Translation. I teach the Portuguese part of courses like Fundamentals of Translation, Site Translation, Translation for Language-Specific Markets, and Independent Study, which is an intensive writing uh, course in Portuguese. Coincidentally, I had been teaching online for a couple of months before COVID started because the Portuguese cohort is small and it's not that hard to move things online and some of my students had already graduated or moved on to other courses, so it wasn't hard at all to do that. When uh, COVID started, UMD offered us many resources. We got a lot of information. We had webinars about how to move courses online. They offered us Zoom through UMD so that we could teach classes online, which I've been using. We've always had Canvas to communicate with students and exchange documents and just have a, an online part of the course, right? So I teach with Zoom, so it's a live class. And they also offered us this Keep Teaching website, which has resources, information, and what I like best are the three principles, which is keep it simple. You don't try anything new or complex if you don't have to. Don't try to be perfect. This is a significant challenge for everyone. 
be honest, transparent, and respectful. Communicate with your students because we know we're all in this together and people might be really struggling either because they're sick or somebody in their family is or they're just stressed by the whole situation. So we have to be more flexible about grades and classes and deadlines and all that. I also have my own personal experience with online uh, classes because I am in a master's program with uh, University of Geneva and I don't live in Geneva so I take all the classes online and they have also been very good at giving us options and telling us that we can you know talk to them if we have any problem and I think think that they were very um, sensitive to how people are stressed and there's a discussion thread just about COVID so that we can keep the conversation there separate from academic things but still give people the opportunity to vent, to also post beautiful pictures of their gardens and things to try to lift each other's spirits. So there's a lot we can do in an online environment, I think, even though I really do miss seeing people and teaching and seeing people's reaction right in front of me. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My name is Elena Langdon and I live in Holyoke, Massachusetts, which is in the western part of the state. I've been teaching interpreting and translation since about 2005. I started teaching when I was a graduate student at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, and I currently teach at several institutions with um, several different uh, courses and approaches to teaching and platforms. I currently teach in the Masters of Conference Interpreting program at Glendon College, which is part of York University in Toronto, Canada. That's an online program for the first year, and I teach healthcare interpreting, a language-neutral class. We use Moodle for that class, and we also use Adobe Connect for our live meetings. I also teach at the University of Massachusetts Amherst in an online certificate program in interpreting and translation. I teach fundamentals of interpreting, simultaneous interpreting, and skill building for interpreters. I am currently creating a course on remote simultaneous interpreting and one on educational interpreting for UMass Amherst as well. The third place that I teach right now is the University of Massachusetts Medical School, and this is a 60-hour medical interpreter training program. And this program used to be face-to-face. A couple of years ago, I started transforming the program into a hybrid program where we would meet for part of it online and part of it in person. So before COVID-19, the AHEC program, that's the one that's had the most changes since COVID-19. That class takes place in Brighton, Massachusetts, which is about 90 miles from where I live, and it's an evening class, and I would drive for about an hour and a half and teach it for three hours and then drive back. 
couple years ago, I started teaching some of those classes from home, allowing the students to attend them also from home. So it was live online meetings, um, but everyone was in their preferred place. We were meeting in Zoom, actually, this was before Zoom got so big and famous. And um, I was experimenting with free online learning platforms. One that I am now experimenting with is Google Classroom, and it's simple, and I saw it in use with my own children. And after COVID-19, I was forced into taking all the classes online. So we actually met once. Um, the first Tuesday was March 10th, and I actually told them in class, I said, I don't think it's going to be necessary for us to go online, but if we do, you guys are in luck because I know how to do that and I have a backup plan. And the following day, the University of Massachusetts Medical School said that we all had to take our classes online. So we only had one class in person, which was really nice that these people got to meet each other in person. Google Classroom, what I use it for is to upload quizzes, the recorded meetings um, after we meet in Zoom, additional materials such as videos, glossaries that they fill out. We, we give them words every week, um, a long list of terminology in English, and the students translate it into their different languages. One really nice thing that happened with that class was that one of the students early on said, you know, I really wasn't looking forward to this and I didn't want to meet online and I actually really liked the class. So that was a nice boost early on um, because, again, we were forced to, to move online. So we currently have five languages in this class. We have Spanish, Portuguese, Haitian Creole, Cantonese, and Korean. But another thing was that we had a student who wanted to be a, become a Greek healthcare interpreter. And there was no Greek interpreter in the region that worked in healthcare um, that we could hire, but we found somebody in DC. And so it seemed like the perfect time to take it online, um, have all the students meet again from their home, have the language coaches come into Zoom from their home. So for the classes that I was already teaching online, there's two different approaches. One of the programs that I teach in is an undergraduate program that can be part of a bachelor's degree through what's called University Without Walls at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. They're language-neutral classes. That course is run with Blackboard as the LMS, or Learning Management System, and none of the classes are synchronous. They are all asynchronous. None of them are live. The students are never required to be somewhere at a precise time. Over the years that I've been teaching, this is an approach that I continue to really like but I do feel increasingly the need to meet live. And I think this is the main way that this class has been affected by COVID-19. Other than the lack of focus, other than the difficulty for both me as an instructor and my students to focus once the pandemic hit, um, I think the biggest change was that the students and I really felt a need to actually meet live more often. Because of the nature of the program and because once you sign in for a course, you receive a syllabus and that syllabus is kind of the contract between the instructor and the student, um, you can't require them to do something that you, that's not in the syllabus. So um, I started offering live meetings with the students, but they were optional. And so some of the students who were available at that time would come and meet. Frankly, the way I did it this semester was pretty low-key, and they weren't even really classes. They were just check-ins, and we just talked about whatever the students wanted to talk about. It did mostly end up being related to the class, but they were more like open office hours. 
The challenge with this, and the reason we haven't done it before, is that the UMass program attracts students from around the world. This semester, I had a student in Japan. Interestingly, she was in the Spanish track, but she is living in Japan. And then I had a Japanese student who's in the Japanese track who's living in Mexico. And so, of course, Mexico, the time difference isn't very big with Massachusetts, but with the student in Japan, she really would have had difficulty attending live classes. The biggest challenge with COVID-19 for me as an instructor and for my students was to maintain focus. Keep focusing on doing the work when kind of everything else was so different. It would seem at first, uh, but I only thought this for the first day, <laughs> really, uh, that it would be easy for me to transition and for the students to transition because we were already online. I've been teaching online in the same program, the same classes for years now. And, you know, what's the difference? Um, but context is everything, just like it is with translation and interpreting. Given that our context had changed so dramatically, we weren't able to just carry on as if everything else were normal. And therefore, even something that was pre-programmed to be online and asynchronous had its difficulties. Certainly wasn't my best semester as an instructor, and, um, and the students struggled a lot too. More requests for flexibility and, and um, extension of deadlines than, than ever before. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Send me an email at rlombardino at wordawareness.com or leave a voice message on my anchor page. If I get enough feedback and voice messages, I can go back to the subject and post a special podcast episode with everyone's opinion on this very same theme. By the way, my anchor page is anchor.fm slash translation dash confessional. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay tuned for weekly episodes and subscribe to Translation Confessional through your favorite podcast app.